was going so well. <laughs> We're back to that crap again. Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where the Ravens had a 17-point loss, or a 17-point lead that led to a loss. It's happened twice this year. In all the other years of the Ravens' existence, uh, they were 103, or 100 wins, three losses in those scenarios. So here we are, gang. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> you know, for myself, actually not terribly that bad. You know, we'll get into it, but I guess for me, because we had the collapse that we did against Miami, like watching the game... I, I stayed incredibly even keeled. I had no emotion about us being up. I was like, the score is zero to zero as far as I'm concerned because I was like, you know, if the Dolphins could come back, then the Bills most certainly can. This game's not over. So, like, I don't know. For me, I'm like, you know, the Ravens played a competent game against the team that a lot of the football world um, was pegging as the favorite to win this year's Super Bowl. And certainly the Ravens made mistakes, but the Bills made mistakes as well. And it just so happened that they escaped in a close win in an ugly game, um, as we predicted too. And so I don't know. Sure, the specifics of how it happened uh, does make it sting a little more than just looking at it as this was a close game against a very high-quality opponent. Um, but... I, for me personally, you know, I I feel slightly disappointed, but but not gutted like I did after the Dolphins game. And is that because <laughs> uh, of that's just what I'm expecting right now from this team? I don't know, but that's where I am right now. Yeah, I mean that the Dolphins collapse was just so much worse. Um, I mean, you give up six touchdowns by the end of that game. Like, I mean, come on. Like, that, that was a ridiculous, historic collapse. Like, that was bad. That I mean, that was almost like 28-3, like, Falcons Super Bowl, like, bad. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't love it. Certainly wanted to get away with the win there. It was, like, a close game. I think what doesn't help, too, like, for me, just some of the calls in the second half just, like, also doesn't help. Although, I'll, I'll, I admit, like, you know, the fan base at this point doesn't even care about the refs anymore. They're just like, why are the Ravens not 4-0? We got to fire everybody. Like, I'm really surprised that there is more backlash against some of the calls in the second half. But, yeah, I mean, I, I wish we would have came away with it. But, I mean, it's game four. You know, there's plenty of time. But not everybody wants, wants to hear that right now. But we're going to talk about it anyway. A lot of the fan base wanted to play back. 2019 and they're completely unhappy with the two and two start so it's fascinating it's fascinating how fickled we are we're doing exactly what you wanted come on (laughs) now we're gonna win 14 straight and then we're gonna lose one but it'll be still a regular season so it's fine and then we'll go to the playoffs (laughs) we'll see what happens (laughs) i like it that's perfect that's that's the quality of of response to this game that i want i i just want can can you add that to your uh posthumously i shouldn't say posthumously but after publication to your uh psl spotlight oh that's hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah we'll see if anyone's new a listener because you saw the uh the psl spotlight thanks for listening i think you won't regret it we might be a little optimistic on this pod but uh i think you need it because the rest of the fan base is certainly toxic <laughs> So, uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> in go. defense, in defense of some of the more impassioned, you know, 
it, yes, there's definitely been some things I've seen online and some things that have been posted where people are getting antagonistic within the fan base. And like, I get it. I, at the root of it, I think we need to remember it's all, we all want the same thing. We want this team to win. None of us like it when we lose. No one, no one likes being on the camp of, I told you so that this, you know, didn't work in this exact instance. You know, that's, we all love this team. We all want to see them win. And it's, it's frustrating when you're waiting for them to, to basically, you know, we're all still mourning that 2019 playoff game. I think that's where all this in, this passion comes from. Is we're all just like we were all ready for the Ravens to go out there and win that Super Bowl, and of course the Titans just shocked all of us. And we're all just still we're all still you know doing our own therapy to to work through <laughs> it. And you know, and, and when that's happening, there's gonna be there's gonna be highs and lows. Sometimes we're gonna we're gonna argue over over a, a word that I'm not gonna. I I'm making it. Uh, I went into this podcast um, with an agenda to specifically not mention a certain thing that happened in this game. I'll let you guys talk about it. I'm not going to mention it by words. <laughs> I actually was thinking about not mentioning it too, Peter. That's hilarious. We haven't even conferred about what this thing is, but I'm pretty sure we'll, we we'll see what we'll see what happens. But I think there is plenty to the game script that you could, you could really talk about everything for, for how the game ended, how it did. I think without even talking about that, <laughs> you know, but oh man, so Chris, you're gonna have to bring it up. I'm not gonna bring it up. <laughs> Peter's not gonna bring it up. It's up to Chris to bring it up. And if we're right and we never talk about it, or Chris, if you don't want to talk about it either, we might go the whole show without talking about the bugaboo that everyone might have, and then we just don't do it. <laughs> I didn't. No one first, mentioned the f word. <laughs> <laughs> at first, I was really confused, but then you said bugaboo, and I was like, ah, I got you. <laughs> I don't call know why back. that triggered it for me. Yeah. Call back. Let's call back the last week. It's intentional. All right. So let's get, get started. I think uh, let's start with the defense. We've been talking about the offense a lot. I think to start off the show, I think it's appropriate to start with the defense, which I think had a stellar performance. I think the defense was great. Uh, I, there's things I can complain about, and, and we will do it for sure. But overall, man, if you told me I'm giving you 23 points to the Bills, I'm I'm pretty happy regardless of the fact that a lot of them came, you know, in the second half, I, I think, or the last 33 minutes, if you want to be real technical about it, I'm totally okay with the way that the defense played. They did exactly what we said they would. They were opportunistic on high leverage plays on third downs. We saw an interception. We saw, um, pass deflections. Um, I don't think the fumble was on a third down, but there was a fumble turnover. Um, there were sacks on third down to stop, plays uh particularly drives that were promising uh that you know could have been a field goal drive or maybe a go for it situation if uh the play was neutral but then they were knocked out of reasonable go for it range so there was a lot of really good defensive stuff if you really break it down to the high leverage plays um their run game was relatively ineffective except for one drive or if josh allen was running so there's a lot of things, and, and their pass game wasn't explosive. Not, they, they didn't do much against us, right? Like, we, I think they didn't really score unless we gave them a short field. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think weather is the big thing, too. Um, I think most of the game, Josh Allen just, I mean, he looked okay. And I'm saying, honestly, same thing with Lamar. I think it's, they looked okay. They didn't really look like themselves, but honestly, it was the weather. Um, Josh, in particular, just was really inaccurate. Um, just had a few passes that really just weren't on the money at all. And yeah, and those mistakes, you know, Ravens were able to capitalize early. I, I agree with the most part, Alec. Yeah, I think as a whole, 
you know, it was a lot. That, I mean, that's the big difference, I think, between this game and the Miami game is that the defense held up a lot better. That being said, by the end of the game, like, I wasn't really feeling good about the momentum on either side of the ball. It was kind of dicey anyway. I, I think everyone wants to point to the, the last drive as, like, the, I'm not going to mention it yet, but the last drive of, uh, of the game and how that could have gone better. Overall, I thought it was fine. You know, I I wish we wouldn't have let him down the field, but you know, I, I I think, you know, I think in that situation it's a little bit hard to avoid. The one thing I think for me that I think that they could tighten up a little bit more on is I don't think they um, should have tightened up a little bit more before the first first half ended. I think they had ended up with that uh, touchdown uh, before the half, and you know, going into the halftime, twenty three would have been a lot better. Yeah, overall. Um... It's hard to say how much of it was the weather, how much of it was, you know, improved defense. They had a good game plan. Um, We're getting to the assignments better. But you still have to look at that and I I think take that as a win. Um, It was frustrating uh, listening to, you know, general NFL coverage uh, going into this game, uh, whether it be, you know, actual football, X's and O's content or uh, fantasy football. Everyone was looking at this game uh, this week, and if you listen to DFS podcasts, they were just like, "Start the Bills," because this Ravens defense is awful. And those are exact words that they were using. Their defense, Ravens defense, can't stop anyone. They're awful. And it was, you know, look, there are things that need to get shored up on this defense. There's certain players that we want to see more from for them to step up. But it was, you know, I I, I was listening to. You know, this analysis of some of these big name <laughs> uh, publications, uh, podcasts, and I was just thinking to myself, you know, th- this is, I-, I really hope the Ravens defense shows up because there's too many players on that defense who are actually doing really well right now. And the unit is not, they're not awful. They're not great. They're not awful. They're somewhere middle of the road right now. They're still figuring out how to pick it all together. And it was good to at least see them have a performance and, a performance that put the offense in a position to win that game. The defense didn't really need to do anything more else, in my opinion. Yes, they let up a touchdown at the end of the first half. This is two weeks in a row that they let up a score before halftime in a situation where uh, the offense moved the ball, the opponent's offense moved the ball much better than they had for the majority of the half. The way they got the touchdown, too, was frustrating as well because it's something we've seen from the bills before uh trips bunch wide receiver do that screen and you know throw it to one of those guys and get it in we saw the the bills got a touchdown late in the fourth quarter in 2019 off that to cole beasley uh in the playoff game in 2020 that's how they got their touchdown to stefan diggs and then they do it again it's like you know they they have that in their back pocket uh if against the Ravens in the in the end zone if they want to use that because we can't seem to stop it when they do it. And I think the Chiefs uh, have gotten us before with that formation as well. So hopefully, you know, teams don't, other teams outside of the Bills in Kansas City don't end up trying to use that because we're still figuring that out. But yeah, there's a lot to talk about the defense. And if I keep monologuing, we'll talk about all of it. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think something to, to start out, talking about the defense and this is how the Ravens got up to such a a hot start against this team this is uh four weeks in a row now that this defense is getting multiple turnovers and you had two crucial turnovers in the first quarter that really set things up 
well for for the Ravens. We're able to force turnovers deep in the Bills' own territory. The thing that really drives me nutty, like you were talking about, Peter, I'll call him out, coverage during Monday Night Football. This Ravens defense is not the Ravens defense of old. They are letting up so many points. They let up 17 unanswered points. Well, first of all, unanswered points means the offense did nothing. Second of all, <laughs> if you told me you let up 23 points, like I said, to the Bills, and 17 of those points, 13 of the points came in the second half, uh, or I guess 10 of those points came in the second half. Math? No, 13 points 13. came in the second Yeah, 13, 13 points came in the second half. Seven came at the last three minutes or whatever. Like, what? Like, that's not bad defense against one of the most prolific offenses in the game. That's good defense. That's even maybe a great? Like, I don't know. Like, and there was interceptions. There was... There was picks, or uh, you know, there was there was good plays. Like you didn't watch the game; you're you're just being dumb. Like I, I just like <laughs> it blows my mind. Like there's plenty of criticism you can have about the defense, but like I don't think that's one of them, man. Like I don't know, man. That just that just rubbed me the wrong way. I just get my blood boiling when I hear that kind of crap. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's uh, we talked about the you know the picks. So we or the pick from um, Humphrey Tone Setter. Set us up for an easy touchdown, you know. So that that was awesome. Short field. I uh, saw Dobbins' first touchdown in the home stadium with people in it, and uh, you know, as the prophecy foretold, so to speak. You know, like we always knew. I think that he was going to get featured at home, and it happened. It one of his best games of his career. But uh, yeah, like I don't know, man. Yeah, like you said, it started off so well. I had that. They were having pass deflections on the next drive, the end of the drive, the sack. I think another pass uh, deflection. I mean, the, the stadium was erupting from just excellent third down play. Yeah, it was a it was a great first quarter. Um, couldn't really ask for anything better. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the you know the the defense definitely did its job. the the only <laughs> The only kind of thing that I would want to just kind of clarify here, you know, I'm not disagreeing. Defense, uh, you know, didn't do a great job. Like they did do a good job. One thing that I've, I've seen from a lot of people recently, and I don't know, I kind of take exception to a little bit, is just like the defense, like the defense played enough to win. Like that's okay, you can say that in, in terms of like you know supporting the defense and like saying that they did a good enough job. Like that's fine, but usually what that is, it's like they didn't good enough to win, but X didn't, and like they like <laughs> the bed and lost the game. I'm like that mentality kind of really grinds my gears, and just after some of these losses. It, 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 it's really it's just griefing it's just so much griefing and guys it's getting really hard to kind of have conversations with people who all they just want to do is grief and be like oh the defense plays so good but then Lamar and Harbaugh the bed you know they ruined the game they lost the game single-handedly it's like no like okay like defense played good however asterisks like there's always plays that could be made better on the defense on the offense coaching whatever I'm just tired of just like this singular, just like there has to be a scapegoat for something. It's just, it's fucking frustrating. <laughs> it <just> makes no <laughs> sense. Ugh. I don't know. But Way yeah, more overall. More the fan base than the team at this point. <laughs> I, I know. So. Like, I get, I, like I get that fan is short for fanatic, and fanatic isn't necessarily a good word. It can be a, like, you can be a. <laughs> You can be a crazy fanatic. You can be a griefing <laughs> fanatic. Like that's probably a valid interpretation of the word. I choose to be a more of a positive fanatic, a supporting fanatic. But you know, your mileage may vary, I guess. But uh, you know, hey, look, one one player I want to talk about on the defense. I thought had a pretty good game. 
personally, I saw a lot of improvement from him. I wanted to talk about Odafe Owe. Although he didn't get the sack fumble that I asked for, he did get the force fumble on Devin Singletary, which is a great play. Almost got it twice, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he posted to his Instagram. He was like, I almost had that force fumble at the goal line on that play. You saw the ball fall out of uh, Singletary's hands, but he was unfortunately able to corral it. But almost ended up making the play of the game twice, basically. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, You know, granted, I'd love to see a little bit more from you know, a, a pass rush perspective. Um, but I, I feel like he was having some success both on the left and right sides of the line. He was um, having his way with the tackles. Obviously, I think weather conditions kind of affected a little bit. It's just, you know, not fully able to use his speed or be able to get right angles um, on to, to chase down Josh Allen. But, you know, I, I felt this game he had more of an impact and it wasn't just the forced fumble. It was more pressures um, versus the last couple of weeks where, yeah, he's not really having as much of a, of a big impact. So I really like that from him. Yeah, it was definitely an improvement. Um, he showed a, a lot in the backfield uh, in this game. Uh, he didn't, like you said, he only got the one sack. He got to Josh Allen a lot. And, um, you know, I put in the notes, my opinion is if he wasn't playing against one of the top three quarterbacks in the game right now, it would have been a, a, a career game. Um, with all the opportunities he put himself in there, that's hypothetical. I'm, just, you know, I'm just guessing that if he was playing that game against, you know, say, I don't know, Jimmy Garoppolo or, or you know, even someone to the mobility of like a Matthew Stafford, it it seemed to me like he was putting himself in good positions. It's just that Josh Allen, while you know, clearly Lamar is more agile and and has better mobility, Allen is not as far behind him as you would think. But at the same time, you know, I don't really want to make excuses for the guy either. He's got to perform and make even more plays uh, when he has that many opportunities. Um, and I think he's working towards that. I I think that we obviously are expecting a lot from him as a first-round pick, even if he was back end of the first round. And it's still, you know, he's, he's still having to perform when he doesn't have much help. Uh, Justin Houston didn't play in this game. We're still waiting for Tyus Bowser to come back. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul was there, but this was his first game as a Raven, you know, so um, he's learning the scheme. He's learning how he fits in with the team. So it was really up to Owe to be the the top uh, edge rusher in this game yet again. Uh, That's, it's kind of a, it's a big thing to ask for a second year guy. Um, So I do think we need to cut him a little bit of slack in those regards, but at the same time, it is the NFL and there's the high expectations and we need a lot from him. So, but I, yeah, all in all, I do agree with what you're saying, Chris. Uh, we saw some positives, um, from him. There was some improvements over the first, uh, three weeks and that's really promising to see going forward. In the first three weeks, OA had eight tackles, zero QB hits, zero sacks and zero fumbles in one game. <laughs> Against Buffalo, he had six tackles, two QB hits, one forced fumble, and one sack. So I think, yeah, like we said, like he showed up, right? It was a great game for him. He had even more opportunities. He could have ended the game with a sack at the end there. But, you know, turns out Josh Allen's pretty good at football. He got away, you know? And that's that's what happens sometimes against good players. So it's definitely a little disappointing that he wasn't able to do a little bit more. He definitely teases you with all the athletic ability. He puts himself in position to make a lot of big plays. 
So it maybe hurts a little bit more when he doesn't make them. But at least he made some this game. And I think that uh, can't be overlooked. The one thing that was kind of interesting, though, kind of going off of that, the commentary about JPP, is that you know he played 86% of the snaps uh, for his first game with a single week of practice. OA played 95%. And we also saw that Washington was the starter, not Travis Jones for the uh, injured Michael Pierce, who is now on season-ending IR. I think what I noticed out of the pass rush, when I did the rewatch, is that they were in a real big catch-22. Sometimes they didn't get any push. Fair. Sometimes they got pushed, but the ball was out within a second or so. It didn't really matter. And then other times when they got the push, uh, it was really hard to get Allen down, and they almost would like over-pursue. Like any other quarterback, you know, it might be okay. It's like, oh, I don't know, watching us beat all these other defenses. Like the same thing that torments people with Lamar, like Josh Allen's like 85% that, <laughs> you know, and maybe he doesn't get tackled by two players and somehow come out of it and throw a tip pass that gets caught for a first down. Like maybe, maybe Josh Allen didn't do that this game, but he did basically everything else <laughs> that Lamar did, uh, picking up big first downs with his feet and, you know, getting out of trouble. So there were several plays where, we just weren't able to chase him down or like Clayus Campbell almost had a hand on him and that would have been a sack or like, you know, right. The line of scrimmage. And then he goes off for another 10 yards and a first down, like, you know, stuff like that where any other quarterback, you probably get him, uh, or most other quarterbacks, like you were saying, Peter. So I think it was really hard to evaluate the pass rush in this game just because of all those factors. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Mo- moving on a little bit. Uh, I kind of wanted to talk about the secondary, um, but uh, another player I thought he had a really good game. Um, I think he's been having a, a kind of a quietly a really good uh, part of the season. Marlon Humphrey, uh, I thought had a great game. Um, I, I feel like, I, you know, I, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but you know, I think corner the third cornerback I, I definitely think is still kind of a work in progress um, although at least this game looks like Brandon Stevens got the majority of the snaps at uh, the third uh, position um, which you know might tell us something might not well you know we'll see I, I think Marlon's holding his side down um, I think this game there were a lot more uh, concerns at least that I had um, from Marcus Peters and a little bit from Stevens um, and and other areas of the secondary but Marlon, I think is, you know, he's got it locked down. Um, I just, you didn't really see Josh kind of targeting him a whole lot. Uh, the one play he did, it was a bad pass and, and Marlon uh, was able to get the interception. You know, I just, I think he's having a great, uh, great season. It's, it's good. I, I think the best thing for me is that putting him on the outside again, you're finally seeing the, like, he's actually shut down corner, you know, while he can play the inside and he can make plays there. You know, I think he can just give up a little bit more there. But when he's back on the outside, like, I mean, I, I think he's playing as well as, you know, he probably has in his career. Yep. I'm glad you brought up Marlon Humphrey. Definitely having a quiet, sort of quiet start to the year. I don't think anyone in the national media is talking about him playing well. And it's a beautiful thing what's happening. So I hate losses. Don't get me wrong. But what happened is by the hot hand theory, I'm now going to go to Marlon Humphrey as my next jersey. He's playing Chase. This could be a big game for him, or it could be devastation. You know, so like the next game, <laughs> he gets to go up against Chase, he gets to shut him down, you know, shut down Higgins, whoever he's on. He can go ahead and shut him down. He can have another big game and keep stacking him. But I agree with you, Chris. He's been basically neutralizing that player. They're not a part of the game, as far as I'm concerned. You know, they get a, a, pay, a play here and there, but 
they're not taking over games. We saw what Diggs has done all season long. We've seen what, you know, Gabe Davis, basically the only way that they were able to have success against us was by spraying the ball around and, you know, putting together a nice, you know, collection of those passes. There was no dominator in this game. There was no, um, you know, Devontae Parker, <laughs> you know, no. or, or just some player that was taking over a game. So I thought that was a really big win. Here's something that's interesting. If you look at the snap totals from NFL.com, three corners played this whole game, defensive snaps. Peters and Humphrey for 100%. Stevens played, well, actually, they, list, they list him as a free safety, which is kind of interesting. But he played 89% of snaps. Stevens did. So he was basically always out there. Uh, the reason I bring this up is that there was no other corner, as we define him, that played a single defensive snap. Pepe didn't play a snap. Armour Davis was inactive. And Seymour only existed for special teams. I think that's really interesting. Furthermore, if we want to keep doing our snap analysis, uh, it seems like our good buddy, uh, Kyle Hamilton, is in timeout. He's only got 27% of snaps. Stone got a single snap, so 2%. And our linebackers, Queen, only missed a single snap. He played 98%. And then if you add together Bynes, who played 61%, and Harrison, who played 23% of defensive snaps, uh, basically, for all except for 16% of the snaps this game, there were two linebackers on the field. So we're not seeing these safeties take over like we thought and having, like, you know, a uh, in-the-box safety and too high. So very interesting the way that they deployed, particularly against a team that loves 11 personnel, loves 10 personnel. You would think that they would use, you know, they, they definitely always had a third corner, Fair enough. But you would think, at least I would have thought, that means taking a linebacker off the field. And the Ravens didn't do that. I would say the defense had success, but I'm curious how much more success they could have had if they played safeties. I'm a little surprised by this. It's interesting. Um, You know, one thing that is still an issue with this team, and I, I still don't think it's as egregious of an issue as in some previous seasons, but it's still... Um, kept more drives alive uh, than it should have is, you know, mistackling. Um, we're seeing it a lot from Patrick Queen. We're seeing it a lot from Malik Harrison. We're seeing it at times from other players as well. But, you know, I I don't really want to pile on them. But more often than not, you know, they're doing it more so than uh, the other guys, at least at a higher rate. Um, I haven't actually crunched the numbers on that. But just from watching the film, that's, that's what it seems like. It. So, you know... It, it would seem like at some avenue the Ravens would want to go explore down the season. You know, do you put uh, Geno Stone on the field a little more? Um, if if you think Kyle Hamilton still needs some more practice, I mean, obviously early in the season he was having some issues with missed uh, tackling. Not as much as, say, in this game, but again, like you said, he wasn't on the field as much either. Um, and... You know, at that same token, he is obviously their number one overall pick for this year. You would think they would want to get him on the field more at some point, even though it is his rookie season. Um, you know, you, you draft these guys and you kind of want to get them uh, have an impact as, as soon as possible, uh, especially in today's NFL. They're throwing rookies into the fire a lot quicker at, at all positions. So I would imagine that the Ravens, We'll try this at some point, you know, I don't know when, but we're already seeing 
that there are making some adjustments on the fly if stuff isn't working. You mentioned Armour Davis didn't even uh, suit up for this game. We saw last week that when Armour Davis struggled against Parker early in the game, the Ravens quickly put Stevens in there. And we, like you just said, Stevens played 89% of the snaps this game. So that's just one instance, but you know, we're seeing that that's, that to me feels like a quicker personnel change than what we would used to see uh, with Martindale. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm certainly agree with that you that the play from the interior linebackers um, certainly suggests that, you know, it's worth exploring some other avenues to at least see what would happen in those situations since it is causing some drives to go longer than they should. Yeah. I, I want to get to that in a sec, but I, one thing that might be related to this, at least regards to Hamilton, um, I think they had him in on a few red zone snaps um, in positions. So, I mean, I, I think that's, I think it's good. Um, at least in those situations, he's able to keep the play more in front of him. Whereas, you know, some of the gaffes in Miami were playing really deep and then not having the right assignment. Um, so you don't obviously you don't want that to happen, but more in the red zone when you might be kind of expecting some sort of points, maybe not a touchdown, but maybe a field goal or something. Um, it might be a little bit easier to kind of get him more game time experience and in, in, in short bursts and not have like big gaffes. But yeah, I mean, I I think it's got to come because uh, yeah, let's shift over to the inside linebackers. <laughs> I don't know what it was about this game. I'm still trying to think of why in particular. I mean, I'll try to formulate my thoughts, I guess, during this take, but I think this game, I think everyone's just done with Queen. Um, I think if you had, like, if you had to put a gun to my head, I, like, I don't know. For, for me, I think this is an exact type of game where I feel like game plan is almost, like, really simplified, right? The weather's pouring down. None of your quarterbacks are really taking any shots deep. They just can't, right? The ball's slick. They really, like, the it's windy. You can't really open up the back end of the field. So that, to me, is like, okay, well, cool. Keep everything in front of you. Like, there's probably going to be a run game. There's probably going to be short passing. Like, you, you have opportunities there. And it just, like, like come on queen like this is exactly the type of game that you have like literally see ball like go get ball and just uh, like again play after play just like miss i mean the guy has like stone hands he like missed another interception which could have been like a pick six again like good position but just doesn't know how to use his hands that was one play and just other plays of just like there was a screen pass that he kind of let up uh, you basically like took on a blocker, you know, maybe that was the right situation to do with coaching. I don't know. I I figure like I probably would have tried to go for the ball carrier, not just pick up a blocker because, you know, the other defensive, you know, players just weren't able to get the tackle in time. I think it, you know, continue to drive and just, you know, some of these blitzes too, just, man, just not really effective. Um, that last Josh Allen rushing touchdown was was another one of like Queen blitzing up the middle and just let him get out and break the pocket and then just get all those rushing yards. It's just it's so frustrating. Just what could be like sometimes he's in a good position and just can't make the play. Other times it's just like what are you doing, man? I just man, I don't know. Like something's got to happen eventually, but 
it's it's getting harder to to kind of like see like if there's any redeem in this guy because it's just there's there's just so much not to like you know i don't know i i think for me i i've just kind of resolved myself to that queen is what he is which is at this moment a guy who has the athleticism to make plays he'll make them some weeks other weeks he won't uh, he's not reliable. Uh, you don't really know what you're going to get each week, as you're saying. And this offseason, the Ravens are going to have to to find something to help uh, the bolster the um, the interior linebacker position because we're now dating all the way back to to 2019. Since C.J. Mosley left this team, we just haven't had a consistent replacement that's even doing, doing what he was doing. Let's not even talk about... Uh, what Ray Lewis was doing, which we probably shouldn't again, because different era and a hall of fame talent. So let's, let's scale that back. We don't need queen to be, or whoever is in there to be Ray Lewis, but we do need, we need the competent play that you will get from Josh Bynes with the athleticism of, of queen or even, even just a fraction of the athleticism of, of queen, you know? Um, it's, it's the reliability. It's, it's like, that's the number you hit that. You hit that right. Peter. It's just, yeah, you just you literally don't know what you're gonna get from him, right? Um, you know, it's one thing to make some splash play. Like, I mean, as a rookie, his rookie season, like, consistently reliable for making splash plays. Like, I mean, I know that there were obviously like negative plays, but I think you know the highlight reel from his rookie season, like, a lot more effective. But yeah, week to week, it's like you just you really don't know what you're gonna get. You can get like maybe a splash play or something, but you could also get a ton of negative plays. It's blowing my mind that he's playing so many snaps like he hasn't got to put in timeout. I understand there's not many good options at the linebacker position. Like Bynes is definitely looking older and even though he's had two better games the last two weeks, I think it's best to keep him on a rotation. Malik Harrison's been a disappointment as well, same draft class. Kind of the same story there. He he's on his last year. Well, next year'll be his last year and there's really no reason to continue with him unless something happens miraculously. But yeah, like I just can't believe this level of play. I had six miscues by the defense. These are plays I defined as plays that tips the scale. Three of them were queen. So you mentioned the interception he could have had. I'm not even going to say it could have been a pick six, but I know what it would have done is stop six. That was the last drive of the half. It would have gotten the ball back in the Ravens' hands uh, with you know a minute or so to go and mattering on how they wanted to use that time. Uh, it'd been very unlikely that Josh Allen would have gotten a second chance. So that would have stopped that touchdown drive. That's enough points to win the game. Next one, you mentioned it, overrunning Allen and getting that touchdown, you know, losing contain. I think that was just a lack of discipline. He's trying to make the play, you know, kind of what we're talking about with Hamilton. Maybe he's pressing to make plays and he's getting himself out of position and causing problems. And then just another, uh, I think, I think I, I saw it on a sweep. Maybe that was what you're talking about the screen. Maybe there's another play I missed, but there's a sweep play and, you know, Queen had the chance to get the uh, loss of yards, but then the run goes for another 15 yards. Luckily that play, that, that drive didn't amount to much. It was only a field goal drive and it was kind of some empty calories, so to speak. But, you know, it's just these plays could have ended, ended series or stopped touchdowns, you know, <laughs> and, and he wasn't there. And then you add on top of the fact that he did nothing particularly positive in my opinion in coverage he didn't do anything of being in the right spot like other than the almost interception which broke my my bold prediction 
he got it, it would have been perfect. <laughs> you know, and then like the old prediction. But like, it's just when you don't get the splash plays and your other level of play is not great, it's just a really bad combo. Uh, and I would love to see him turn it around. But I think like we're all saying, I think it is what it is at this point. And I personally would rather see Stone out there more. If you don't trust Hamilton yet with that kind of workload, sure. But it seemed like they did trust Stone. They gave him the green dot. I, I'm really stunned. And if we want to talk about coaching decisions, I'm stunned that we love our linebackers so much that we're playing two of them, two inside linebackers basically every single down when we apparently like our safeties and it's a passing league and the run defense neither looks great nor bad with the current personnel. Like, I don't know. I just, I just don't get it. Like, I just feel like we need to get these guys off the field, bring Chuck Clark down, make him a linebacker, essentially put stone in the back end or put Hamilton in the back end and see what happens like that. If it were me, I'd have one linebacker out there, one safety. That'd be the new lineup for the Ravens. I don't know why they're putting so much emphasis on these these guys who just aren't. They're not the difference makers, man. And maybe the safeties aren't either. But, like, it's certainly not the linebackers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it will be inevitable once they feel Hamilton is sufficiently coached up. You know, I think it's going to happen. But whether it's like next week or whether it takes, you know, until the bye, whatever the coaches decide. But um, I feel like that's probably when the, it's it's going to happen eventually. Basically, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's just the the type of game script and and just the you know kind of like simplification of just the the Bills offense. Um, that to me, I think, kind of really stood out. But I mean, again, you know, we've at this point, yeah, it just seems like we're kind of accepting what it is, and uh, you know. You don't want to belabor it too much more than we already have because plenty of other other people have talked about this too. So, anybody else we want to talk about on the defensive side, or we want to move over to the offense? I think for time's sake, we should move over to the offense. <laughs> All right, offense. <laughs> plenty I want to talk about about the defense, but we got plenty of moral victory time for that. So yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. move on to the offense because <laughs> let's say, in my opinion, the offense is the one who lost this game, not the defense. Like we went at the top, seventeen unanswered unable to score in the second half and even if you quote them three even if you're a big field goal believer and if you're maybe if you're new to the pod welcome you might hate us by the end <laughs> but but like even if you give them three for the second half that doesn't get it done against a super bowl uh aspiring team you you don't win football games like that a defense laying up 13 points in the second half that's acceptable but an offense only getting three points is completely unacceptable Getting zero points like it actually happened, uh, that's, not, that's not a winning formula. So the offense is the big issue I had in this game, looking back on it. it I think they had the most ceiling to uh, improve. And if I had to say the number one issue with the offense, it's the same darn thing, guys, as we saw against the Dolphins. Their second half drives, except for one, were remarkably short. They were unable to keep you know, the time away from the bills to go ahead and put together 10 play drive, 10 play drive, <laughs> you know, uh, 14 play drive, like all these drives that were much longer, much more time consuming, you know, one, one drive that gets an extra 
third down conversion. Takes a little bit more time off the clock. Might change the game. You do two of them, you score on one of them, it's game over. You did what you needed to do on the offensive side of the ball to win the game. And the offense has been unable to respond to adjustments made at halftime, in my opinion, uh, in these in these losses. That's kind of been what I think is the issue. Yeah, um, you know, I'll... It also didn't help that, and I, I think we got to say this because we give this guy plenty of praise. Um, that's as much as they're the first three weeks of the season. We do have to put a little bit of this loss on on Lamar Jackson. I hate to say it, but um, he was excellent the first three weeks of the season, and I don't think he played a particularly bad game. But you know, Chris, as you alluded to it, neither he or Josh Allen were particularly themselves this game. Accuracy for Lamar was. Uh, a bit of an issue, particularly in the second half. Rashad Bateman had an opportunity to make some plays, but uh, the ball kept being a little far ahead of him, far behind him. Uh, Lamar was just never on sync with Mark Andrews throughout the game, um, overthrew him when he was wide open in the end zone early in the first half. And and just that connection was just never there in the game. But, you know, that can happen. The good news, I think, from this game, if, you know, let's let's talk about some positives first. Um, is uh, the run blocking was really good in this game? We'll talk about the pass protection because that was a different story. But we talked a lot in the first three weeks, um, certainly the first two weeks, how the running game was non-existent, and the issue of that was as much the blocking, maybe more the blocking than the ball carriers. We saw some improvement against New England and uh, some continued improvement. This game, I think you saw that the Ravens were able to run effectively. They uh, ran out uh, some new schemes where they were doing these very delayed handoffs. They were having some success there against the Bills. Dobbins, you know, we're still waiting for him to have a a monster game. But I think these first two games back, uh, he looks very, very good. He looks healthy. And Justice Hill, hopefully he can get healthy. That, that, um, you got to feel so bad for him. He's finally making his stride in the NFL and then pulls up on it on a his his hammy on a play where he could have he could have gone for more yards on that run in the second half. So, yeah, if you want to take a positive away from the from the passing attack, sorry, I should say the the offense running attack is continuing to to sh- build on the improvements uh that were shown on the New England game. So, to start out positive, that side of the ball looked very good yesterday. Another positive too, uh Falele had little trouble uh dealing uh you know with pass protection uh, pretty much most of the game honestly until the last offensive play <laughs> yep. where he and moses got beat pretty bad and it, you know it just they the you know edge edge rushers were sort of collapsing the pocket on lamar and he just kept having to backpedal um i mean if either one of those tackles kind of make a better block lamar is able to step up in the pocket it's game over but um you know for a fourth round pick who was supposed to come in at a right tackle project um like that's awesome uh, i mean i could like out of this game as far as like you know uh you know pass protection i can think of at least three other players who actually pretty much every other player struggled this game like powers i think struggled in pass protection a little bit just because getting overpowered Winterbaum did not have a good game at all after having a great game against new england struggled a lot this game uh, Zeitler had some misplays and Moses had some misplays. So literally everybody but Falele, I think, um, you know, had had issues mm-hmm. this game in various. He did uh, give up steps. a sack. Falele did. Yeah. Overall, like 
again, like overall, but yeah, no, your, your point still play. stands. But yeah. Your point still stands. But <laughs> that's interesting. Different outfits are are crediting it different ways. It seems because I saw a different. So okay, I actually just was watching it as we were talking about that. I no, I I don't think he yeah. was perfect either. But I thought he was really good given the circumstance. Like one hundred percent. We saw yeah, every yeah. other lineman like we're discussing. Right. Even the veterans like Moses and Zeitler yeah. have off games for them because of what we saw. Ah, Lele, he he did the thing, and it's really right. impressive, yeah. and it's really good for him. Yeah. Um, Look, we're not offensive line experts, <laughs> but anyone who tells you, and I have heard some in the in the media, anyone who says that that Falele was trash against the Bills, and I did hear it, they they didn't watch the game. <laughs> Patrick Ricard was not standing next to Falele the entire every time there's a pass set. They get, they got Falele just let him be himself quite often. Uh, he held himself against Von Miller very well. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to say that Falele had a dominant game, but he did his assignments correctly. And for his f- second time, technically his first start in the NFL, because he had start. to come in for relief from yep. a carry, he's performing that well in his in his first start. Like we said, you know, against a very good defensive line. It's supposed to be a right tackle. Let's go over to the left. Like, give this guy some credit. Like, I, I, I and again, I'm not an expert on this. That you go, but like, the eye test can just show you this guy has made strides since, uh, since training camp, since preseason, and it, it really makes you feel good about the future of the tackle position, at least in some capacity, <laughs> to see him having these strides that he is given how much of, uh, of influx to tackle position has been the past two seasons. So, you know, we want Ronnie Stanley back as soon as possible. And we want Ronnie Stanley to be all pro Ronnie Stanley as soon as possible. But Falele had a good game. <laughs> and I think it really yeah. needs to be emphasized because some yeah. outlets I, I I've seen are, are not, are saying the opposite. And it's just, it's not true. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and again, like, you know, I, I thought the, the Bill's defensive line, I think was the, the key in this game. You know, in the in the first half, I think the Ravens, um, you know, were able to be opportunistic on defense, and that really helped them get up ahead. But honestly, like at the end of the first half, I feel like I could start to see the Bills' defensive line starting to improve, and it just sort of continued all the way through the second half. And I really think that that was the difference: was uh, Ravens' offensive uh, pass blocking was just having issues. Uh, they were getting more pressure on Lamar. They were just having more of an impact. I think. So, yeah, I mean, overall, like, you know, the level of competition that they had to deal with, like, right now, I think is probably probably one of the best, honestly, since the Jets game, for sure. Um, I would even say the Bills defensive line is probably better than the Jets, but the Jets are probably one of the closest teams in terms of talent level. Maybe Miami, although outside linebackers, I guess, maybe a little bit more. Um, but nevertheless, like, it was a really good, uh, you know, level of competition for them. But going back to what you were saying earlier, Peter, um, you know, uh, uh, about Lamar, um yeah you know i just want to say yeah i agree like you know it wasn't his best game um you know like like weather conditions a little bit part of it um there were like a few just like head scratching plays like i i still don't know how uh that pass that was thrown to andrews on the left sideline duvernay came down with that i remember we (laughs) we sat behind some bills fans and you know everybody was like oh he's out of bounds he's out of bounds and they called it in our way and was like i didn't see a replay um, I think they must have played it really quickly, but you couldn't see where Duvernay's feet were. And then they called it. Everyone was upset, and I'm like, honestly, I <laughs> like I couldn't see an angle. So like I would give the I would almost give that to you guys. 
Um, that was just like a really freak play, a um, little bit of a late pass. I, I don't know how really that was completed at all, but it, it was. Um, but there were a few other just kind of like head-scratching plays, like the... I think it was that first interception. <laughs> Lamar threw a pass to the left, and you just see like his three offensive. You see Falele Powers and Linderbaum both in like the same area, and Lamar's trying to fit that through them. And I'm just like, why? Like what? <laughs> like why did you make? I don't know. I just I wouldn't I wouldn't have tried to throw it in that window. It just didn't really seem like a good idea. But I don't know. There were a few plays like that that you know I'm sure that he'd wish that he'd want to have back. But uh, you know, it was a it was a tough game because I know there were plenty of other plays too. Um, you know, where some false starts or just some other, you know, pre-formation uh, plays where Lamar got upset, like visibly upset at some of his other guys. And, you know, I know that he really wanted this win, but, um, you know, I can't say that he was infallible in this. A lot of, I think a lot of players, you know, had some off games that they could improve on. We'll have to see how it plays out. But one of the big knocks on Lamar's game was he threw that hospital ball to Bateman. And first of all, it was ill-advised. You know, kind of crossing your whole body. You're on the right side of the field trying to pass it to the left. Yeah, Bateman got hurt on it. He was in and out of the game after that. He had one catch and then other plays. He just didn't have the juice and got out and he just didn't play after that. And now he has a foot injury in his day-to-day and we'll see what that means. Not great for a guy who, you know, is all about his route running and those kind of precision steps matter. And a foot, that seems like a problem. So, you know, that's not great. He had Mark Andrews wide open on the drive that ended up being just a field goal. The refs definitely were a huge problem in this game. I don't want to, I always want to play better that the refs don't matter, but when you aren't playing well enough and the refs, you know, have an influence. And this is not the first time Boger has screwed over the Ravens. He is notoriously bad. And particularly, I feel like against the Ravens, he's been bad. Like he's, he's a 17th. My coworker was telling me of like the 18 officiating crews. His, his crew is like the most, uh, uneven. Uh, he's the 17th most, uneven. I guess there's one worse, but uh, <laughs> the 17th most uneven when I like go back and, and grade them. And I feel like whenever it's against the Ravens, he must hate us or something. Maybe he's an old Browns fan or something. I don't know how Lamar was short on that one play. Like, I mean, <laughs> they, like, he wasn't. Uh, There's I, no way. He wasn't. I, like, so he wasn't short. And the worst part is, though, shame on Harbaugh for challenging it, in my opinion. Because if you're going to just go for it anyways, like, you're giving up a timeout. I don't know. Like, I think. Hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, part that, of me, yeah, I mean, that's but, but see, here's that's the fair. here's the yeah. thing, though. If if it was clearly the the right call that, that he got it, then. I, I mean, I when it, if, you know, I, I was watching it at home. I, I saw the TV angles they showed to me showed it was clearly a first down. I saw that and I was well, like, you know, you get a free timeout, right? Because you, you don't. That's <laughs> that's that is that is fair, Peter. I actually, I'll, I'll take it back. Like, if I were Harbaugh and I think I'm right, I'm throwing the darn flag every time because I think I'm right. Like I saw it, you know, like you said. So fair well, enough. Like, but it just it just kind of stunk when it's like it's a half yard. You're yeah. gonna go for it anyways. You should get it. Like, right. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. Like it. It felt like, at, at, in retrospect, which is I don't like playing that game, you know. But in retrospect, it's like, oh, maybe I wouldn't yeah. want to challenge it. We, we can't play so in stupid. retrospect because if we if we start playing in retrospect, we get too close to the to the the, the play the, we do not mention. The play we do not mention, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I I just guess yeah. like I, I guess for this one, like 
if they change it, like, yeah, we have the timeout, which changes, like, the future of the game, but and, and the... They ended up taking the knee three times. And, and it was all the same. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. Wait, wait, what? All right, anyways. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We can't no, talk, just, we're not talking about yeah. that play. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What play? Huh? <laughs> Do you mean the play where uh, where Dobbins uh, ran into the end zone? Oh, we'll talk about Which that one? <laughs> there, were, there were two of them. There now, were two of them. There were two of them. And, you know, I, I will say this. You know, we're, we're going to... We're giving the offense grief for the fact that they took their, their foot off the gas, as we should. But they were at least opportunistic early on. And that set the tone for the game. And, you know, if if the refs don't call that, you know, questionable at best uh, offensive pass interference against Andrews or he gets tackled at the one-inch line, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, the Ravens quarterback sneaking Lamar in. You're up. They're up twenty-one to three just as the second quarter is starting. Changes the whole trajectory of of the game. Now, yes, they they need to overcome when that happens, but yeah, I don't know. We're we're gonna have to see. I, I don't really have an answer of for how the offense has, has just lost momentum in both these two home games to start start the year. Um, it's uh, I don't know if this has ever happened before in, in a. In the, for the Ravens in franchise history, they started the season out two and zero on the road, but zero and two at home. <laughs> and you look one of the differences in both those games: uh, the offense maintained momentum against both the Jets and the Patriots. Admittedly, yes, they got off to a slow start against the Jets, but once they got momentum, they they kept it. Um, and then in these two home games, uh, they came out blazing, and then just weren't able to keep it going. Again, it's something that I don't have an answer for. I nothing obvious on the on the film really stuck out from either you know like a play calling mentality or or anything else. But it's certainly something that hopefully the the coaching staff and the players are are examining, and I, I would imagine they are to see to see how they can alleviate that going forward. Yeah, I, that in my opinion is like the number one thing that this team needs to improve on. I think I tweeted about it after the game of like you gotta figure out how to prevent this second half collapse you got to be scoring like at least seven points in the second half of these games right you cannot literally just not score anything and just not even eat up any of the time of possession just you, you can't do that like i mean i can't believe that i cannot believe i remember we were talking about this in the fourth quarter k fish was like there's no way that they can spend 13 minutes and eat up all this clock well they did but they didn't score. How do you do that? I just like, you have the game plan. Like the game plan is like literally right there. The game is within your grasp and then you don't score on that. Like just unbelievable. Like you can't, they got to work on that. I mean, the first half of these games like has been going great, but they really got to figure out the second half. Like that's how you put these games together. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up, Chris. Um, in the presser today, Harbaugh mentioned that on certain high leverage plays, that they practiced them and they had Bateman in. But obviously with Bateman unavailable, they had to communicate that plan to players that weren't originally in it or maybe they moved people around in the formation. And while they're professionals and they should be able to pull that off, it's interesting how like that little piece of the puzzle can mess up a, a high leverage play. You know? And Prochet not playing uh i guess he'd be the backup to Bateman, right so. yeah well appreciate played a little bit but not much um you know tyler wallace got a decent run and um 
And you know what's really weird about Likely? I, I see in the notes we have maybe some differing opinions about Likely, but he was like untargeted this game, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly see like in the run blocking arena on design runs, this is asking like uh <laughs> patrick <laughs> ricard received was number two on the team in targets for tight ends this game <laughs> yeah well yeah. yeah i mean i guess that's what i'm getting at like you know wallace played more snaps than Perchet. uh yeah it's just it's just weird it's just a weird setup oliver was out there for 30 percent of snaps likely 37 percent, and and yet again boyle active but only playing special teams so it just a, it's a weird setup when it comes to the snap allocation for these players. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Is it was it matchup dependent? Was it because of the weather? I mean, I I don't know. It, it did seem odd to to see Ricard targeted as much as he was in relation to the other tight ends. Um, it's it's always fun to to see a screen to Ricard and then to see him just barrel over people for 10 yards. We got that uh, in this game, but also at the same time, you're like, well, like you said, yeah, likely is a guy we're expecting to be a playmaker. Where, where was he in this game? But yeah, I, I, I think though with how his passing offense has been uh, the first compared to the first three games of this season, I'm hoping this is an outlier, even though this was against a defense that was beat up to an extent. You do had the rain as part of a factor here. So, you know, I, I'm not going to fret too much about it unless it pops up in, in multiple games, especially, you know, consecutive games. But certainly wasn't the performance that we were hoping for uh, going into this game from the passing attack. The other thing that kind of blew my mind when it came to the officiating, one of the ones that maybe would have been not noticed, but when they called Falele an eligible man downfield on a play action game, uh, play action pass play to the opposite side of the field where he's like, they're run blocking. Cause it's a play action, you know, like he was going to the second level. Like he blocked the first guy with the second level and like he was a legal man downfield. I'm like, that feels really ticky tacky. And that stalled a drive that allowed them to, uh, get the ball with some time in the, at the end of the second half to, to go score that or at the end of the second uh, quarter to go score. And I was just like, man, like that was, I thought, I felt like that was one of the ticky tack uh, ref calls where like people probably weren't upset about that one or whatever. But I looking back on it, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> it was like the same thing that they, that they yelled at um, Zeitler for that one time. It was like a little less egregious because Zeitler was like literally pulled down forward. But like, I just, I didn't see it. It didn't make much sense to me. I'm just going to say, I remember a day when fans got really upset at refs for crappy calls and that hasn't happened this game. Like, that's that's the fan base that I want is to be like you know they like like I know the players and coaches aren't supposed to say anything bad about the refs and they'll be fine I'm just saying fans aren't fine for that and if you're gonna complain about a game like this where there were so many ticky tack calls complain about the refs all right don't be complaining about the coaching and saying that we need to fire I couldn't believe that after the Harbaugh's press conference today the live video again the first comment is still fire Greg Roman like what are you Come on, really? <laughs> this is a shtick. Yelling at Boger. Come on. But really, <sighs> there's a lot of areas that they could improve, and they really need to. I don't want to be two and three after this Bengals game next week. I know we got to talk about it after this, but I really don't want to be two and three. Like, that'll be really not great. This, that'll, that'll cause a tailspin in the fan base that uh, I am not looking forward to. So we got to go win it. Right, boys? <laughs> Let's go. Sunday night. Let's do it. We'll be previewing that game next. 
let's let's put a cap on this one. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, I guess we need to do our moral victories because there's one player we, we need to talk about at least. But I'll make sure he's talked about. I'll go last. Okay, uh, I'll I'll start with mine. Like I said earlier, Owe Odafe Owe. I thought he had a good game. I don't like nitpicking like these last plays of the game and like why did he make the tackle and everything. Like I thought he had a good game. Um, but looking like he's having a little bit more of an impact this game. The forced fumble I think was a key play in the first half for the Ravens to go up early. You know I wish he could put more of it together. But I you know over the first like four weeks I think his trajectory is going up. So I thought he had a good game. I'm going to stay on the defense. Uh, we didn't talk, get a chance to talk about him, but again, two years, two weeks in a row, Justin Matabike, just a, just a beast. He was stuffing the, the line, causing tackles for loss on a couple third and fourth down runs uh, for the Bills. Uh, double teams, getting double teams when he was rushing the passer, getting penetration. You know, he he's coming into it. We said to it last week, he's looking like the guy that we were hoping he would be last year. Uh, he had a great game. Yep, that was the one I would make sure I never let slip through. He had an <laughs> incredible game. If if there was one player that you had no complaints about in this game, uh, I think Matabuke. Or I think it's Matabuke. It's always I, he's like the classic name that like once I misheard it or whatever, I can't remember, remember which one's correct. You're not the only. I feel like I hear both pronunciations. <laughs> and I've forgotten which of the two is the correct one. That that's the homework for this week. We have to make sure because this man this man does not deserve to have his name mispronounced. He deserves for everyone to know how to say it correctly 100 percent. so and that's we got to make sure we do that and the last one is going to another guy who i'm trying to work on my pronunciation Fa'alele. <laughs> i think for your first nfl start von miller to have the way the play the way you did uh, is commendable and um good work by the young man but as we allude to before the moral victories we got Bengals car collector coming on justin friend of the show talk about the Bengals big game sunday night at the bank with the light up bracelets <laughs> it's gonna be lit quite literally and can't wait to talk about it with him we gotta go three and two two and three would be uh the worst timeline so go ravens find us on twitter at one winning pod find us on youtube with some ridiculously long id but if you subscribe you may get to actually just slash one winning pod so please go subscribe if you haven't already and you can email us on winningpod at gmail.com. We'll talk to you later in the week. What? <laughs> Pixel's losing. Oh, uh, we got to pick. We got to. Well, Rachel sent me a video while you, like earlier in the thing that Rachel's like taking a bubble bath or something and Pixel just jumped into the pool, into the thing. <laughs> and now she ran downstairs like gangbusters is super wet and is now rolling incessantly. You just can't see it right outside the view. Rolling incessantly on the carpet. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh. She oh, like, she hates bass, but apparently she thought that the, the tub is a pool and just hopped in. <laughs> That's interesting. Huh. <laughs> Maybe we should try that next time we, we're trying and uh, wash my dog. Although she's so afraid of, of water that anytime she hears the f- faucet go on, she just sprints downstairs. <laughs> <Just> hates water. <laughs>